Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. When you watch a TV show, are you the kind of person who pays attention to every detail of the opening credits, or do you click skip intro and get right to the action? Let's pray. Oh God, open our ears and soften our hearts. Let something of your living word fall afresh on our ears and on our hearts so that we may learn something new of you and perhaps even delight in the word you have for us today. Amen. We continue with our summer of Psalms, and today we are reading Psalm 1. So listen now to what the Spirit is saying to her church this morning. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Whether you watch them or not, the opening sequence of a show usually hints at something larger about the storyline that follows, whether that's through the imagery or the music or both. The opening credits are a way to set the mood and the stage for the plot. Archie and Edith's shrill duet was a glimpse at the comedic chemistry that fueled all in the family. The masterful journey through the mythical Westeros showed viewers just what was at stake as noble families fought for control in Game of Thrones. Tony's unglamorous drive down the New Jersey turnpike set up the singular world of the Sopranos' anti-hero. That iconic image of Mary Tyler Moore twirling in the street and tossing her hat in the air said to viewers, she's gonna be all right. The free fall of a faceless businessman against a backdrop of ads made viewers ask, who is this? And is he going to be okay? Which was the question that needed to be asked about Mad Men's Don Draper. Even something as seemingly simple and as lighthearted as Ted Lasso plopping down in an empty stadium 
and seats magically turning from blue to red and spelling out his name communicates something about what's to come in the storyline of Ted Lasso. Because that's what opening credits do. They give some bearings to the viewers, an initial impression that they may reference again as the show goes on, or a sequence that begins to make more sense as the story unfolds. Psalm 1 is that for the book of Psalms. It is the opening sequence. Now, I can imagine if someone created a visual to accompany the words we just read, there would be clean lines, a black and white image of a tree planted by a stream, which would match the starkness of the words, happy, wicked, law, judgment, prosper, perish. This psalm makes it sound so cut and dry, two paths. And I can imagine a title sequence that would reinforce the harshness of the words. I can imagine, too, that if there was a visual for these words, I'd be inclined to click skip intro when they played. In fact, until this week, I have essentially been doing just that with this psalm. I always skip right past it to get on to the words that follow. One time I did try to challenge myself to preach this psalm, but I jumped ship just before the bulletin was printed. I just haven't really cared much for these seemingly harsh words. I would prefer the pastures of Psalm 23 and the joyful noise of Psalm 100. Even the weeping and wailing of Psalm 22 seems more human and more accessible to me than these instructions to choose the right path. Quite frankly, I don't think that choosing the right path is as easy or as cut and dry as this psalm makes it seem. And yet, this is how the Psalter begins, and this is a wisdom psalm. It is one of the psalms that do what you would imagine a wisdom psalm does. They they reflect on what wisdom is, and then they try, at least, to impart that wisdom and that insight to the reader. So that means that the question for us is, what wisdom are we meant to glean from these opening credits? What are we supposed to take with us before we encounter the next 149 psalms? Well, luckily, the psalmist tells us point blank. Prosperity and happiness come when we delight in the law of the Lord. That's the wisdom. Delight in the law, and you too will be wise and prosper. Now, it seems to me like there were a lot of possibilities for the opening credits. The Psalms are prayers. Wouldn't a prayer be an acceptable way to begin? What is it about this instruction to delight in the law that is so important that it should play out before each of the other 149 psalms. Quite frankly, I think we've got too many people delighting in the law these days. We've got politicians using law as theater, proposing legislation without any regard for how it will affect lives if enacted. We've got leaders making ultimatums, not because they are holding fast to a moral center, but because they want a soundbite at the end of the day. The law 
for us in our day has been reduced to a toy in the sandbox of our leaders who delight when it's in their possession but throw tantrums when another child is playing with it. But thankfully, God's law is different than the law we've come to know. The laws we hear about and the laws that our politicians delight in are laws telling us the way things ought to be. No trespassing, for example. That is a law that is meant to give us a do and a don't. A law that would keep us from being at someone, other, someone else's throat if we obey it. These laws don't make us human, but they do keep us honest when they're at their best. And plenty of Christians assume that God's law must be the same. Legalistic and moral rules giving Christians a bright line test for living. Do this, don't do that, the end. But God's law is better understood as a promise than a list of do's and don'ts, a vision of what could be and what will be when God's kingdom comes about. So delight in the law isn't delight for keeping a tally of how often you've gotten it right and how often others have gotten it wrong, though many have interpreted it that way. Delight in the law is delight in the possibilities for what God has promised. Imagine what could be. Imagine what God is doing yet in our world. Imagine a day when justice and peace are true. Delight in that. When you take that and tack it on to the 149 Psalms that follow, the Psalter all of a sudden becomes the very reason to delight in the law. Each psalm becomes a testimony to the way that God has shown up regardless of the situation. Delight in that possibility, the psalmist invites us. Delight in the vision of the world where God is always at work, no matter how much joy or how much despair you carry. No matter how hopeful or how apathetic you are, no matter how orderly or disorderly the world around you, the Psalms give voice to all of that, to the entire range of humanity, and then testify to the fact that God is there for all of it. And when you read the Psalms with that in mind, All of a sudden you comprehend that nothing about our existence is off limits to God. There is nowhere that God won't go. There is nothing beyond God's redemption. So this week I began treating this psalm as the literal opening credit for every other psalm. I'd read the six verses of Psalm 1 and then I'd go on to another psalm. So I read Psalm 1, and then I went to Psalm 23. Happy are those who delight in the law of the Lord. And then on to, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I invite you to try it and just see what happens. I wanted to know if it changed anything, if these opening credits all of a sudden created possibilities that I hadn't yet seen in other psalms. It didn't happen immediately, but just as Sometimes happens with TV shows where opening credits make sense the more and more you see them and the more a story plays out. All of a sudden, the image of the tree in Psalm 1 began to make sense to me. 
Delight in the law and you will be like a tree, the psalmist says. Now the tree hasn't ever really made sense to me before. But once I started paying attention to it, I remembered that trees meant something different to the psalmist than they mean to us. Trees were symbols of prosperity and royalty in the psalmist's day. In fact, it was well known to the psalmist that kings excelled not only on the battlefield, but also in horticulture. It was common practice in ancient Near East for rulers to cultivate their gardens with plants taken from foreign lands. So kings didn't just plant exquisite gardens so that they could have the most beautiful property and win the yard of the month sign. They wanted a visible sign of their dominion over foreign lands. It was a point of pride. They'd brag about how many different types of plants were in their gardens. They took great care of their gardens. These were literally victory gardens. So for the psalmist to talk about a tree, it's not something that grows where it's planted. The psalmist only knows about trees that are transplanted and nurtured, plucked up and planted somewhere different than they originated. Now just get rid of all the conquering and just take that image of a tree that is transplanted and you start to learn something about wisdom. When we truly delight in God's law, when we truly embrace God's vision for this world as it one day will be, we won't be able to stay planted where we are. Something will change. We too will be transplanted from life as we currently know it, from our limited possibilities that this world teaches us, and we will find ourselves transplanted to new territory, surrounded by new possibilities with new vision, because our eyes will be fixed on what will be instead of what is. And all of a sudden, we will have roots that are nourished by the confidence that God is at work in all seasons of our lives. It's a deceptively simple way to begin. I think it's a deceptively simple invitation not only for the Psalms, but also for a life of faith. Delight in the law of the Lord, and you will be like a tree. Because once you truly delight in God's promises for what will be the law, everything will change. You won't stay planted where you are. You will be transplanted, and God's vision for the world will become like a stream of water. That's the wisdom. That's the invitation for each of us if we choose to grasp it. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit.
And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen.